0: Welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only. You
1: are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman.
0: I am Jessica Fernandez Cruz. And I am Yenbi Trung. Life extension, longevity, biotech, digital health technology, and prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the
1: forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women.
0: Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Wonder Women. How are we doing today? Hi, Yemvi. Good to see you again. Hey, Jessica. How are you? I'm good. I'm trying to stay focused and keeping my mindset in the right spot because I'm struggling a little bit now with hormones, (laughs) in all honesty. So I've had to really connect with my body, and it's been an interesting journey. I think we could talk about it maybe at some point on this podcast, if you want to, but, but it's been an interesting journey right now. And I'm, I'm really focused on keeping my exercise very, very rhythmic, like make sure that I don't skip any of my workouts and I'm doing everything the right way just because I I need the balance there. It's so important. How about you? How are you feeling? <laughs>
1: good. Good. The whole conversation around hormones is, is interesting because as women, of course, our hormone fluctuates based on the cycle and going through pre-menopause, peri, and then menopausal, right? And so for our listeners, I think the goal for today's conversation was, what do you do in order to get what you want, right? And then understanding all those psychological needs, not just from a scientific perspective, but from a consciousness perspective as well, right? And then when you
0: add the physiology to it, meaning your hormones. <laughs> <laughs> In my case, yes, right now, that is the one that's leading.
1: <laughs> exactly. How do you rebalance yourself? That's the biggest pieces that you're aware, right? And sometimes as females, when we're just starting our cycle or hormones, when we're teenagers, our hormones starts, you know, there's that uptick and then we're not aware of ourselves where we're going crazy or we are PMSing, right? And so um, having that awareness of being pushed off balance is the first step i think right so for today's conversation i think what we said we were going to talk about today is how do you stay focused you know what are the needs in order to get you where you need to be and and then is there a consciousness factor to it as well
0: yeah and i think you know when we talk about biohacking we're always talking about optimal health and there's no optimal health without an optimal mindset, right? Like what is it in me that is actually pushing me to want to be in my optimal health and my really that, that thriving perspective that we're always looking for, right? And that we want our listeners to share as well is that there is a way to thrive that is putting all these pieces together. So we talked about how we should eat, things, ideas around the diet. And that's so important because that's going to affect how you feel and how you think as well. (laughs) And so many more things. But we really also must not forget that we have to talk about mindset. We have to talk about limiting beliefs, which is a term that if you're hearing this for the first time, You're going to get a lot of answers today if you can discover. Just answer this question, you know, what do you think in your life is limiting you? And what is the story that you tell yourself that is limiting you? And if you just knew that, you already have a lot to work on to transform that limiting belief into empowering beliefs, Exactly, exactly.
1: And and to start off with, a lot of times when we, you say we biohack to optimize, but there are two reasons why we do things. It's to get away from pain or move towards pleasure. And when we optimize, we're moving towards pleasure because when we optimize, we're thinking that we're already healthy and we want, what's that peak? What's, what's the next level, right? But then a lot of times we're in the pain and we're looking for solutions from, from that pain, right? And so be aware of those two thought process, right? Am I moving away from a pain and I'm just doing things from a reactive manner? Because when you're moving towards pleasure, you're more responsive in a way because you're, you have the options, you have the ability to say, I'm gonna look at all the options available to me to optimize as opposed to when you're in pain, you're like, what's available to me and what can I get right now? Get that pain out of me right now. Exactly, exactly. And so when you're living your life daily, are you living in, a, am I getting away from pain mindset or am I moving towards pleasure mindset, right? And to, to optimize. And so that's um, a good way of, of just measuring your awareness
0: to start off with, right? For sure. And I think that that's like, Really, when we, you know, we were discussing what are we going to talk about, were the points that have helped us the most to just come with this realization, like to quickly be able to snap out of wherever you are and just think, okay, what's going on here? That's how we came up with the idea. You know, there's the six human needs that Tony Robbins describes that is very, very clear. Like you can really see. The difference between needs that are for avoiding pain and needs that have to do with this, I'm going towards pleasure, towards something greater, not just that I need to keep this under control so that I don't lose this or anything like that. So I'll just start. Let's talk about the six human needs, right? (laughs) I think everybody's curious there. If you've never heard of this, you're going to want to know. Which ones are the human needs that you think rule your life? And it's important to know which needs are the top three needs in your life because they're actually going to tell you if you're suffering too much, if you're making your life a little too complicated, why there are moments where things seem so difficult and they clash and you just don't know how to make a decision. If you understand your needs, then you can understand a lot about what's going on inside of you. So... How do we want to talk about the needs? Yavi, can you tell me what your top three needs are? So
1: we have the Tony Robbins needs. And then from what most people are probably very familiar with is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And I think right now where I am is self-actualization, right? The the self-esteem, I've got that, right? The basic needs, I've got that. And a lot of it becomes being aware of When you get to self-actualization, the basic needs, you, you realize you don't need too much other than some people get to a certain point in life where they need, you know, expensive things, luxury items, right? And it becomes a need, but that's a false belief of needs, right? And then so they suffer from
0: that mindset of false belief needs. Okay, just to, for everybody who's listening, those are not the six human needs that we're going to talk about. Those are the Maslow needs that that Yanvi's describing. So that we go, you know, we don't mix the two here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's the psychological hierarchy of needs that from a psychological research perspective, right? Tony Robbins' needs are are similar, but they're more from a how would you call it, from a consciousness level, would you say? or
0: Well, I would say they have a very practical perspective. It's, it comes from the same place, only with a very practical perspective of saying, okay, what are, like, these needs, what do they translate into? And then you can really see actions related to those needs. It's very easy to see the limiting beliefs in those six human needs that he describes uh, that are taken from there. I mean, they really have to do with that. So so what are your three needs?
1: <laughs> um, Community community.
0: That is contribution.
1: Con- contribution. Yeah. Really right now I'm, I'm in the contribution <laughs> mindset right now. now. I, to- I
0: would, I would add like, can I say, I don't want to speak for you. So just from what I see. Okay. So I think you are definitely in contribution 100%. Like this has been your shift because I mean, of course I know Yenvi very well, so I know what's been going on, but I feel like right now at this point in your life, you're really in a contribution mode and in a growth mode, for sure. Like, I feel that you're growing by the minute. Like, every day I see you, you're different to the person I saw last week, and she keeps growing and learning and becoming, and it's like, oh my God, I'm so fascinated by this woman. So I think, like, definitely these two needs I would highlight 100%. I wonder if from the other needs, like, these two needs, just for people who are listening, growth and contribution are considered to be the spiritual needs. And those are considered highly, just because those are two needs that really don't have like a negative side to them. You know, there's nothing bad going to happen to you or feel wrong when you contribute. And there's nothing going to happen wrongly when you grow, you know, growth and contribution only push you forward to your best self, to your best environment. So actually those are two of the needs that are always recommended to you know, try to make your life about those needs and you will live a happy life because that's where all the weight is gone. And then what would be the third need? So now we have to put in some of the real needs, (laughs) what they're called more the earthy needs. (laughs) So certainty, the need to know that you, you know, for example, a person who has a job who doesn't quit a job because they need to know they're going to make the money at the end of the month. That would be certainty, but it can also be You know, it doesn't always have to be a negative thing to be certain about things. It's a way of knowing I have a house, I have a family, you know, I'm not going to lose this. I don't think you have that, though. You're not very much of a certainty kind of person. Variety, probably, I would say. Uncertainty. So that is another need the need to to see things change the need to see new things you can't really stay in the one place forever like you really need to change and travel and see new places in extreme of course a person who has variety is a very important need might have a problem sticking to things, right? So you'll start one thing and then you're like bored and then you go to the next thing and then you're bored and then you have a boyfriend and then you break up and then, and it keeps being this loop of variety. So that is the negative side of variety. And then what else do we have? Love and connection. I think you have a little bit of love and connection. <laughs> you got that sweet spot with Harper now that I can hear is <laughs> growing more and more. She has a beautiful daughter. So so when we when we
1: look at our needs... Right? Are we thinking of terms in action or how we feel and think or what we focus on daily? How do we recognize that?
0: So the best way to see it is actually, you know, which need drives you when you're in a fear mode, that is where the real need comes out because it's, you know, if everything's easy, it's easy to say, no, I contribute. Of course you contribute because you have everything, all your needs are covered, but what happens When you're in fear mode, that's when you feel some needs are not covered. Which are those? That's where your answers are. Like, that's where I struggle with. So for example, if I'm struggling with the idea that I'm not making money, right? Because I quit my job and I started a new, I don't know, I'm an entrepreneur and I started a new thing and I'm not making money. I'm starting to get stressed with that. That's certainty talking to me. I need certainty. And the fact that I don't have it is starting to, other people don't care about certainty they're not even worried about that. So you can really see a lot about, of, of the reality in your, in your skin when you're in that difficult context. So just to, so that everybody has all the needs in mind and you can start thinking with us. So you have certainty, uncertainty and variety, love and connection, which again is a beautiful need, but it can be a very perversive need if we are needing so much love that we stay stuck in bad places just because we want love. So for example, very easy relationship with the wrong man that's not treating you well, but you stay there because you cannot give up love. And that then is going to be very unhealthy for you. And then finally, there's significance, the need to feel important. Which is also, and nobody admits that, but apparently, it looks like certainty and significance are the highest human need, like the the the, the most popular human needs normally. But people don't admit it because you don't like to say that that you need to feel important.
1: <laughs> would you say all of these needs somehow encompass the ego, or would you say it would be significance encompasses more of the ego?
0: Well, I think that significance is a word that tells you that immediately. So you know that when you admit that significance is important to you, you're sort of admitting that the ego is there talking. Whereas all the other ones do the same thing, but they're not for you when you express yourself, don't sound so obvious, right? Right,
1: right. All those are components of the ego, right? But the spiritual, spiritual components or spiritual needs dissolves the ego, I would say, doesn't it? Because once you, you contribute, and once you grow, and it depends on how you grow, but once you contribute, you, you're kind of stepping away from the ego because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your community and the people you're computing, right?
0: Do you really just contribute without thinking about yourself? I wouldn't even take that away from the equation, actually.
1: Right. No, that, that's an interesting point. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, because I, I do a lot of mentorship, right? And, and the, the organization that I do, the mentoring, and I have so much fun mentoring these companies. And, and I'm always addicted to how much fun I have. And I said to my, my mentor, I'm having so much fun doing this from a quote unquote altruistic perspective. I feel like it's not even altruistic because it's, it's like, I'm having so much fun doing this. Right. And so, <laughs> so there's that joy that comes from it. And so does
0: that,
1: would that play as part of the ego, you
0: say? Well, I think that because it's your need in the end, you're covering your need. That's the reality. And you're choosing growth and contribution, but it's still a need for you. Only that this is a very healthy need. It's good for you. It's good for everybody around you. And, you know, so the balance is there.
1: That's a good point. Healthy
0: needs. And I I mean, I don't think that any of the needs is unhealthy. It's the way we experience those needs that can be very toxic. And I mean, you and I have been there. We know what it feels like. For example, you know, for me, I, I can clearly see the need of certainty being there in my life at a certain point where I was like, I can't leave, leave this job and I cannot do this. And I'm sort of like totally unhappy where I am and I don't want to do what I'm doing, but I can't get out of it. And it's, it took a long time until I realized, hey, you know, give up that certainty and you'll be free. Right.
1: What would you say a person would want to do or how would they go about recognizing where they sit in there amongst their needs? What's what's their top three needs? How would they sit down and recognize that it's just recognize it when they're in when they're scared more so or is there a meditation maybe and through that practice of meditation they'll recognize it or
0: what do you think? It's not that difficult. I mean, I think you and I have discovered it pretty quickly the first time we heard the needs, like you hear the six needs and you sort of more or less know yourself. You can see what's triggering you, what's ruling your life. I would say it's really just a moment to step away and observe yourself, be aware of yourself and look at also the things you like the most, because that also speaks, it's not only the fear, but also that which is so important to you. What is the most important thing to you? Because once you know, what is the most important thing to you, the need is going to be right there. And that's also, Tony Robbins always says three needs can create an addiction. So if, if something covers three, those three needs, then you're addicted to that. And you can see that very well when we talk about tobacco or drugs or things like that. Like that is covering three needs. It's the need of certainty, the need of love and connection. You know, it sounds a little crazy, but it's true that it's giving you a pleasure, a sense of comfort, a sense of home. And you get addicted to that because it's covering your three needs. If not, you would step away because you you don't want to.
1: Uh, So what you're saying, if if one subject or one entity or one matter, whatever it is,
0: covers all three of your needs, you become addicted to it. Addicted. That's what Tony says. He says when the three needs are there, it's very difficult to step away from it. And I can see that because, you know, think of your three needs and I think of mine and I know that if you know, why are we doing this podcast? Why are we committed every Friday to sit here and record this when we could be doing whatever we want?
1: My other addiction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I feel, I mean, I definitely get the three. I want to say what I get out of this, this work, right? I get for obviously the contribution, the growth, because I'm learning every day with Mrs. Growth. So she's teaching me so much every day. And then the love and connection and my friendship that I have with you. I get to spend an hour with you and have a good time. And, like, those are three needs. I'm going to keep doing this. This is worth it for me in every way, right?
1: Yeah, right. I, I enjoy it because of the same, those same three things. And I think the, the uncertainty of what we're going to talk
0: about makes it fun yeah. to- <laughs> And where it's going to go and how it's going to end. Exactly. We, you know, you guys listen, you don't know that when we start this, we're always like, so how are we going to end this? And then we're like, well, let's just start and we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really all magic that is happening.
1: <laughs> right. I think the, the beauty of what Jessica and I, you know, our relationship is that we have these long conversations. I mean, eight, 12, 15 hour conversations from just, you're getting little snippets of this, but we've sat in a, we've gotten jumped from one cafe to another bar, to a restaurant and talk about this type of stuff. And it's, <laughs> I, I wish we had a long recording. We could break those up into like 12, 15 podcasts, but a lot of that information, I think that helps us with our growth is when we talk about that. And then we, you bring so much information to the table for me to learn because of your journey right you you take you go to these um programs right and then you're learning so much from a different perspective than how I learn as well and then I share with you what I learned so it's it's a lot of fun and and, and what's really fascinating is that we're sharing the synergy of our learnings to the audience so they get
0: two perspectives right which which is really really cool what's beautiful about us that we've been going through this, you know, through this journey together for so many years already. I mean, how many years or six years or so that we've really like started, started the journey. I want to say we know each other before that, but, you know, I'm thinking of the eight levels of consciousness now that we wanted to talk about. And I feel like we have been see, you know, we've seen each other step into the next level. And how amazing is that? Like we can really, because it's like different people a little bit, right? So we're growing into that. Can you name those eight levels for the audience? Okay, let's see, because this is, I want to make this fun and not too heavy. So there are eight levels of consciousness, okay? Here is the thing. The words are terribly technical, So I'm just going to read them and define them. The first three fall into the egocentric ones. So, Yenvi, if they're the egocentric, what does this mean? (laughs) Everything's about me. (laughs) Everything's about me. There we go. That's it. Enough. Enough said. The first three are the ego ones. So it's all about me. So the first one would be like a little very primary one, right? The survival instinct. So I'm really like trying to survive, which means I'll kill you. I don't care what happens to you. I want to survive, right? The second one is more of a tribal order, right? So it's a safety or orientation that has to do with the tribe. So we all together protect each other. But I don't care about anybody outside the tribe, right? This doesn't even go through my mind. And then the third one is the red one, which is the one where you... It's sort of a little bit of an evil one, I want to say, but it's its not evil. That
1: must have to do with
0: power, It is a little because not so much with power, but it's very much about significance and certainty where I'm going to exploit other people. It's about me, 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 me. So I don't care, for example, if I need to, a very simple one, I need to throw out the trash and I don't have a trash can outside, but my neighbor does, I'll throw it there. And I don't even ask my neighbor, I'll just do it, you know, and and I'll do these kind of things where it's like, why are you doing that? you know, he's there to ask him, make him part of your decisions. But this is me, 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 me. So this is the first one. Then there's the ethnocentric. Ethnocentric has two levels of consciousness. Ethno means we belong to a group, right? So here I'm not so much driven about what I need, but my group, where I belong to. And that would be the blue one that I like, because the blue one is always... I have a, like a very fixed image in my mind of what the blue one is. Which is like the person who is super religious and can't step out of their way of thinking. And they are people full of rules. Their life is a rule. Like, this is good, this is bad. This is good, this is bad. So you fit in or you fit out. But you don't, you know, you don't have an open mind to things. Then we have the achiever. The orange one, <laughs> and I feel I laugh and I look at Yemi because I feel like we've both been orange, and and like a orange is not bad per se because you're you're driven by significance, certainty, and growth. Those are the three. So you're starting to have a need there that is a little bigger than you. The growth perspective, right? The thing is here that you're constantly strategizing things. It's a lot about materialism, what you were mentioning before, right? So consumerism, image, status, it's you know, can you see? I'm thinking of Donald Trump with this one, I don't know why, but it's like I don't want to bring Donald Trump to to this conversation. Sorry, but he's orange. He's orange, he's materialist, and he's he literally is orange. Sorry, you guys. I mean, no disrespect to anybody. It just came to my mind. I had to say it, but really it's the entrepreneur who is very motivated to make money. It's money, 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 money. Ambition, ambition. And so it's a cool place to be. I mean, I think that this is a next level because you believe you can do things. It's, it's a very, let's not say that this is all bad because it doesn't mean it's a bad, bad place to be, but you can see the suffering of this person. I want to put a, a
1: bit of a disclaimer regarding
0: these levels of
1: consciousness because, yes, you're going to finish the rest of them. But, you know, in certain levels of consciousness where it's this way or that way, yes or no, like these are the rules, right? The individuals that would be in there would probably look at these and say, well, I'm in this color and then think that you're only in that color. You actually can gravitate up and down this level of consciousness. It's, ver- it's, a, it's a variable movement, right? So you're not... Not saying that this point in my life right now, um, you're probably dominant in a certain level, but there are moments within time where you go up and down the level of consciousness based on your state at the moment, your physical state or your your conscious state. You move throughout. But uh, when you're aware of those, you're actually, which one are you more dominant in,
0: right? But you can still move up and down this level. And you can also, for example, I mean, you have to look at where you where you grew up what your environment was like. So you can, like, for example, I go back to the blue, right? Like if your whole environment is hyper-religious and you belong to a community of religious people where you've been like really brainwashed to think a certain way, doesn't mean that later on in life you cannot evolve and then shift from there. But you will carry that with you. Even if you evolve to the top level of consciousness, you know, there will be moments where you're suddenly in your rules and you'll be like, oh no, I don't want to be my rules anymore, you know, but, or you need those rules at a certain point. That's fine. Understanding the levels of consciousness and where you stand is also a beautiful way of, you know, knowing how far you're thinking, how connected you are with your environment or disconnected. And if we're talking about pushing ourselves and about thriving, then how do I get to the next level? Right. This is the question. Right. Right. I want to get to the next level. That's the whole point of this, right? (laughs) So just to finish. So we have three more. This next one does not belong to the ethnocentric group. It's already a world-centric group. Easy to understand, right? I listen to the world. I care about the world. These are the socially conscious. So what color are those? What would you say, Yemi? What color is it? Green! Green! Green, like Greenpeace, of course, that is the perfect image of the socially conscious people. They are driven by connection and contribution. Those are their their tops. Now, the thing with, and the reason what you would think, well, that should be like the top, right? Like that should be a super high level. There's still a lot of rules at this level of consciousness. So that's why this is not the top, top level.
1: So you say rules. What what does that mean? That there are rules in this level of consciousness,
0: are, are we relinquishing rules? Wait a minute. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I <laughs> okay. You'll get that when we talk about the highest level of consciousness. But the thing with the rules is that rules limit you. And that is why it's world-centric, because I only see what the world offers, right? The next one is the yellow one, which is also connection and contribution. But this one is more driven towards belonging to a whole natural system. You know, this is the next level of green peace, what we're talking about now, right? Trying to understand that animals suffer and I'm completely connected with the suffering of the animal. I don't feel that I'm disconnected from it. Let's say that the green one is aware of what's wrong. The yellow one feels that that we breathe together, that we are one.
1: That's when you become more, I know, I remember Oprah saying, we're all connected. Right. So once you get to that level, you start realizing it and saying, because if you really think about it, even from a scientific perspective, right. I'm going to throw it, you know, outside of the spiritual perspective. From a scientific perspective, our bodies, our physicality, our matter, we're all made of atoms, right. We're all made of electrons, protons, right. And so, can you imagine? That, but when you really think about your body, your mind, and then when your energy the thinking process, it releases energy, right? That's how we're all connected. It's because we're all made of the same material. We're attracting energy within neutrons and electrons and protons, just all of that, you know, the the energy from from physics, from metaphysics, right? All of that is, if you look at it from a scientific perspective, it, it makes total sense outside of the spiritual perspective. But then, you know, there's the spiritual component to it as well, where you, you can attract that type of stuff, but only because your mind is not burdened by the egocentric, you know, thought process.
0: You know, the other day I was listening because, you know, I'm addicted to Clubhouse. So I listen to every single conversation on Follow Clubhouse. Follow
1: Yes, go on Clubhouse. I mean, I'm on <laughs>
0: Clubhouse. I'm 24-7 on Clubhouse. You'll always find me there. So <laughs> so the thing is that they said something that just hit me and, and made me really like this would be at this level, how you would think. And they were saying, you know, there can be extraterrestrial beings, right? We could think that that exists, right? And how would we feel if a new species considering an extraterrestrial one arriving or a new species existing suddenly that would create itself in nature would treat us like we treat other species? Would we be okay with that? For me, that question was like, it said it all in itself, right? So it's that reset of, do we understand how connected we are to all and what we are? Right? So Not to make this too long, let's talk about the last one, which is the most challenging one, because this one, this one for me is like, I I really would love to get there. I am not there. And it's all about connection and contribution. It's the turquoise level. So already the color is a mix of colors. (laughs) And it's focused on cosmic spirituality, on holistic collective individualism earth changes. People at this level feel constant energy and connection to not only all people, but all things. They are sensitive to harmonics and mystical forces and unite feelings with knowledge. I read this because I can't explain it because it's so huge for me that like I would want to get there, but I'm not there. I know that.
1: (laughs) But that's, that's, that's the point, right? Of psychedelics and ayahuasca why people are addicted to those things and we're doing an episode next week on it is they get to that point and what happens is i want to get into the science of it with your <laughs> prefrontal cortex but um there's a whole science where where your prefrontal cortex Actually, kind of shuts down, and you know the the the, the thought process. Once that's shut down, it, it, the inhibition really lets go, and then you're able to really free flow, right? And so that's why people they get into that state, in that state where the, the, like the psychedelics, the LSD, the mushrooms, the you know um, ayahuasca, it, it allows them to get to that next level, and that's the level that when people get there, they're able to talk about it and and share, it and they want to keep going back to it. I want to get to that level. Is there a shortcut? I think there is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's so much in at that level. There's so much soul at that level that it's even difficult to describe. Like, I, I feel that that's very spiritual. Like monks get there, and very few people actually really, really live at that level of consciousness. And
1: that's the, that's the point: is you're living in that level, not just tapping into it. Right. But once you tap into it and you get to feel it, then you can you get addicted to that's why so many people's lives shift once they have that.
0: The awakening, what people call an awakening. Right. It's really I'm stepping into that next level. It's happening. Like I can see what I couldn't see before. And you have to break those old patterns, that old belief system that what, what I was saying. Right. Like I grew up in a certain way. So this is my level of consciousness. And now my life experience is going to push me towards the next one and the next one and the next one. Am I open to receiving it as well? You know, like, because people can get very scared in in that next level, right? Like, I mean, to move people from blue to orange, only that, which seems such a basic, right? You would say, okay, well, now you're going to let go of your rules a little bit so that you can, you know, start your company, be yourself and have that status and stuff like that. It's very difficult for people to really believe in themselves to that point and have that strength to to push themselves. And once they're there, then it's also very difficult to make them aware that what they do has an impact on others. <laughs> and so so we
1: touch back on what you said earlier is the limiting belief. Right? And when you're at that state, whether you're blue going to orange or, you know, green going to yellow, right? What's the tendency around the limiting belief? Like how do you know that that you have a limiting belief because the limiting belief is
0: you have to be aware, but how do you recognize it? Well, this one's easy because you the, the thing you need to put next to it is what needs are the needs that rule in that level of consciousness. So for example, I keep going with the blue, but blue would be significance and certainty. I need to feel important and I need to feel certain. So all my beliefs are going to be around that. And those are going to be the beliefs that allow me to be at that level, but they might also be the beliefs that don't let me go into the next level. And I need to break those and transform them. So what would you say is a belief, a limiting belief for a person in blue? Something like, it's not right to step into somebody else's work, for example.
1: Mm, stay in your lane.
0: Stay in your <laughs> lane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That or you can't succeed unless you do this, right? Um, unless I get a perfect score on this. I can't succeed unless I go to college. I can't succeed, You right?
0: And you have all these rules. Yes, exactly. So let's say pick one, whichever one.
1: Well, actually, this is going from blue to orange, right? So in a blue, a person
0: that thinks that money, you need money to make money. Mm -hmm. Good one. That's a great one. Yes. You need money to make money. So how can I become an orange if I think that I have to have a lot of money before I can start my own company and be my own boss and do my thing? That is a limiting belief all in itself. It won't allow me to step into that entrepreneur that I am thinking of becoming as long as I'm a blue. I need to turn into an orange and the orange would say something completely different. It would find the strategy. It would find uh, the person who you can connect with, get an investor, find somebody to help me out. So that is where you transform the belief, right? Right,
1: right, right. Because when you're living in that state, you're how you breathe, how you interact with people, how you talk, everything changes. Even that confidence level changes because when you're in a blue state of, of rules and limits, you're controlled by it. And so you live by it, you communicate by it, you breathe by it, right? You think about it. And then when you're able to transcend from that, um and ship your mindset and say, actually, no. These are all just rules that were made by other human beings. Actually, right? Exactly. They were made by people of of orange. <laughs> actually, that I'm following. <laughs> I'm 100%. following orange people's <laughs> That's rules. That's so true. Right?
0: That's yeah. so true. Yeah. And so,
1: so it all comes back to perspective and story. And that's, I think that's the, that's the underlining, maybe the silver bullet is perspective and story, right? Even when I do mentorship and, um, there's obstacles and the obstacle, the way I look at the obstacles, I change the story about it. Right. And then, and the perspective of looking at it, and the entrepreneur goes, oh, wow, never looked at it that way. And then you almost, it's like a a flip of a coin. Almost instantly, you can see their mind just opens up and it's, So it becomes a perspective and story of what are you telling yourself and what is the perspective you made up in your head or somebody else's perspective that you adopted? And could you change that perspective and story so that it opens your mind almost to a flip of a coin? A breakthrough, right? It's a breakthrough, exactly. And then once you get really good at understanding how to tell yourself every time you first become aware of the limited um, belief and story that you've told yourself. Once you say, "Oh wow, I can't believe I've been telling myself this the whole time." Okay, how can I change that story? How do I change that perspective? And then you change that story and perspective, so it becomes empowering. Your mind just opens up, and you get good at doing that every single time. And that's how you become
0: a problem solver, a person that really grows, right? Exactly, and that's where you know. I think just to to leave the the audience with some practical tools, it's. You know, the first question to ask yourself is, what are the three needs that rule my life? Identify it. Don't judge it because you're going to want to say, oh, I contribute and I grow. You know, that's what we all want to do in the beginning. But be very honest with yourself. What are the three needs that rule your life? And once you have that information, then go and check, you know, on the eight levels of consciousness. And we will share a link on the Facebook group so that you guys can really see the more detailed information and find that out. Which level of consciousness am I in? Again, no judgment. We've all been in all levels of consciousness. I mean, you don't get to the top if you don't go through all the other ones. And just find where you are so that you can understand a lot about yourself. Just have that awareness about you. Like, oh, so I'm here and I'm a little bit limited by this and that. What do I need to do? What do I need to improve in my, in my belief system to get to that next level? And who can help me with that? I also like, you know, of course I'm a coach and I will always encourage people to, to work with a coach, but you've worked with coaches. I mean, it's the fastest way to get to that next level. Cause otherwise
1: <laughs> it really is a coach is having a good coach is amazing. I mean, I, I love my coach and, and it was the easiest thing for me was when they ask questions, right? Because it allows you to think openly. And so my coach would ask me a, you know, in in a session, she would ask me a couple questions. But there will be that one question that I walk away, and it's a flip of a coin, right? It's it's like it just flips. And I'm just like, wow. And it's almost time after time I leave a session and she could maybe ask me. She never tells me what to do and how to do anything. She just, you know, she, she asks questions and it allows me. And, you know, the thing with coaches is that they're they're great at understanding the person in front of them. So they know how to work with the person in front of them. As opposed this person gets more benefit from questioning than actually me, you know, doing it this other way. Right. So getting a really great coach is is a big a big piece of, of growth.
0: You know, I feel that it helps you get there without going through all the hurdles that otherwise you're going to have to go through. Because breakthroughs, again, and this is going back to your first statement, you can have a breakthrough through pain or you can have a breakthrough through pleasure. And I can assure you that, yeah, going through pain is very interesting because you learn a lot. But at a certain point in life, you're like, no, I'm going to go faster. I don't want to go through pain anymore. I'm going to figure things out. You know, I'm going to do this. And with coaching or any kind of, you know, if you have like a a group session or anything that you can join that'll help you question these things, become aware of yourself. What's that part of me that needs to grow? It's a little bit like having a doctor for your optimal health. You know, there's certain things that you need a doctor for. You could do it yourself. It's going to take forever. (laughs) I think that what it really
1: compares to from my perspective is a yogi looking for a guru right? And you know that you can somehow get there in many lives later on. <laughs> you do it by yourself to an enlightenment or an awakened moment or, you know, but you, you get the shortcut. The, the only the fastest way is probably to find your guru in this lifetime for you to get to awakening or uh, an enlightenment. Right. And so that's, I mean, that, that could be out there for some of our listeners, but for the ones that, <laughs> that knows what I'm talking about, this is how it's, they're probably already there.
0: So I love it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's for all these things. Like I always find that the human being tends to not want to share their difficulties and we want to figure it out on our own. And we waste so much time in that space. And you know, when, when you have an opportunity to, to really find things quicker and you're not stupid because you ask for help, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, it's very smart to do that.
1: Yes. Asking for help, but knowing that you need it, it comes back to being aware.
0: And the challenge, right? So, and, you know, we're all about challenges, about optimizing, about thriving. So why would I waste my time if I can have an option to thrive right now, you know? And I mean, I feel that you have given me so many ideas and things that I've been able to join through the experiences that you've had and the things that I've joined that I've shared with you that you and I grow together because we put all this information together. It's not just you and I talking and, oh, we're so smart that we came up with this, right?
1: <laughs> right. Um, I'm interested in looking back at our messaging from years ago at some point when we started this journey. And I said, I'm so excited to take this journey with you. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> this is probably like six years ago. Uh, that's a long message that we have. To go
0: back for years, oh, but. man! oh but I can think of so many times that you and I have just sat together in Miami, in Las Vegas, wherever we were in Paris, and just literally spent more than six hours discussing these things and sharing and you know, feeling also feeling terrible and feeling great, and you know all these things, ups and downs that we've been through. But it's just, you know, really, I feel like very lucky to have. I call you a little bit like my spiritual buddy or <laughs> my <Yeah. laughs> spiritual master, depending on the, no. on the position you take. Um, but it's it's awesome because to have somebody who you can really just sit and and just express it the way it is and just. See, like, can you challenge me a little bit here? I needed that challenge. (laughs) We're not just this. Like, we also talk about stupid Netflix shows and stuff
1: like that. Netflix shows that we admit to watch. And she'll tell me about a Netflix show. And I'm like, I'm watching
0: it. I'm like, I'm embarrassed to tell you I'm watching Jane the Virgin. She's like, I just finished that one. (laughs) So it's not all spiritual, guys. We also talk about silly stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun.
1: So I guess we're leaving our audience with be aware. The, The
0: practical pieces is be aware, understand your needs, your three top needs. Three needs. Okay. Challenge for this week is figure out what are your top three needs. How do you know that those are your top three needs? Like Try to really sit with yourself and say, how do I know that these are my top three needs? And find the goods and the bads in that. And then look at the eight levels of consciousness. Which level am I in? What does this mean for me? Where do I want to go? And then there you ask yourself, what are my limiting beliefs? What would be empowering beliefs that would help me advance into the next step? And I think that's a lot of homework right there.
1: Right. Well, if you can either meditate on it or you can
0: journal on it. I would say journal. because I'm a big really... meditator. <laughs> meditate <laughs> and journal. That should go hand yes. in hand, though. Not one or the other, but do both. Yeah, I mean, this was another great conversation. It's time to go. Unfortunately, we would stay six hours here talking about consciousness. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. And next week, we have something very exciting.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I can't wait. All right, have a great one. You too. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.